So, hey, Holly. Hey, Dave. How are you today? I am doing great today. How are you? I'm good. Welcome to the What Difference Does It Make podcast. Yay. So happy to be here today. Yeah. So we are continuing to count down the, the songs that K-Rock played. We are looking at the year 1984, and we are going to go from 100 to 91 this week. You got it right. Okay. So don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, Facebook, it's you got to search for What Difference Does It Make Podcast. Where can they find us on Twitter and Instagram and all those other things that you, you're in charge of? <laughs> the social media maven that I am on Twitter and Instagram, you can find us at WDDIM Podcast. And check out our YouTube. We're posting new little clips every day, some stuff you won't necessarily hear on the podcast. And uh, just search on YouTube for uh, What Difference Does It Make Podcast. And, and if- follow us, subscribe. Yes. And if you feel the need, give us a review. Click on uh, five stars or say, I love this podcast or something. Uh, Just tell us what you think. What, whatever you think. It's, it's always very helpful. And this is very exciting because we have a special guest. This is for the first time we're inviting someone into uh, our countdown. We've got Mike Marone, where you can find Mike Marone's Basement, his internet radio show, MikeMarone.com. You might know him best as the guy who originated the loft at Sirius XM. Mike, are you in your actual basement right now? Yes, I am, as a matter of fact. Nice. Okay. As advertised, he actually does the show in an actual basement. Yes, an actual basement. This is no smoke and mirrors. This is actually happening. Originator of the loft at Sirius XM, is that correct? Oh, yeah, yeah. But I mean, you know, you're talking about 1984, right? Yeah, well, we, <laughs> we're going well, back. Well, we assume that your knowledge of music. It well, stands. no, I mean, in, in 1984, Rich Robinson and I started WHTG in Asbury Park, FM 106.3, which was a like a mom and pop station that went on the air in the early 50s. And it was literally in a little house in the woods. And we turned it into one of the first commercial alternative stations in the country. So, 84, I was there. That's when we started. Hi, this is Danny Elfman from Oingo Boingo. And you're having a dead man's party here on FM 106.3, your rock alternative. All right, the cult starting us off on this Thursday, July 30th. Good evening, everybody. Mike Marone with you on FM 106.3. And that is a just-released remix version of Wildflower. It came out about a week and a half ago or so. Right, Rich? That's right. Okay, fine. Before that, we heard Frank Zappa with a beautiful love ballad, Cosmic Debris from the CD machine. And everything started out with two in a row from Oingo Boingo. Wake up, it's 1984, three years ago. And nothing to fear but fear itself, leaving us 22 minutes after 5 p.m. Commander, we are monitoring transmission at frequency 106.3. I just saw a picture on your website. Is, was that a picture of the station? That was the actual station, yeah. yeah. That's crazy. And so, wait, so it was just the two of you? Who was who paid well, for this? me and Rich. <laughs> and, like, Rich and I had known each other for a while because he used to work for me in my record store. And uh, he also used to run lights for my band. Uh, so we, you know, we always wanted to do it. And, uh, he somehow convinced the owner to give us free reign. And and we did, it was really wild. I mean, the place used to go off the air at midnight. Uh, and I did the very first overnight show completely free form and then wound up doing afternoons and being the music director and all that stuff. But yeah, we started with my records. I used to bring in like five crates of records every show and then built it from there. It was pretty cool. And then I hired Pit, Matt Pinfield and a uh, bunch of people. It was, it was great. Okay. So I have to ask you about growing up in Asbury park. It feels like for someone growing up in Asbury park, radio and music must, it was a given that you were going to do that. Well, it was a given in my family because I, I actually didn't grow up in Asbury park. I grew up in a little town called South Amboy, but, uh, was born in Jersey city. And my dad was a a big band singer and stuff like that. Music's in my family and my blood. So, yeah, I mean, I have a, I have a picture sitting on, on uh, Dick Clark's lap on uh, American bandstand in 1961. So I was five. Um, I'll have to forward you that picture. It's hysterical. Yeah. Yeah. I've been crazy about music my whole life just seems like it's your features cut out for you. <laughs> yeah. What was the name of your band? Oh, the band was called the amazing bolts. 
We were nuts. Yeah, we were crazy. <laughs> was that your tag? We are nuts. We, we no, are. no, we didn't have to. Our tag was it makes us want to kill. <laughs> <laughs> That's very good, Dave, though. I like that, the nuts and bolts. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it was crazy. <laughs> well, that's great. What was a day like uh, in 1984 for you for working at this radio station? Well, in 84, I was I was still doing the overnight. So, you know, I would be on the air from from midnight till 6 a.m., uh, drive home, go to sleep in a few hours, get up in the uh, in the afternoon and, and just listen to music and get ready to go do my show again. You know, it was uh, typical. <laughs> it's typical. How did you find your music? Did you have a, well, you had a record store, but where, where were you uh, digging for, for new, new for, music? I had been before there, I had, had worked at uh gem records, the importer for a bunch of years and uh, had actually opened up their Texas branch back in like 80, early 83, but I didn't like living in Texas. So I came back home and just was like DJing in clubs and, uh, I would buy my music from, uh, let's see, Cheap Thrills in New Brunswick, mm. uh, Music in a Different Kitchen, definitely by 84, which was a, a great little store also in New Brunswick. But I'd, I'd get it. And, you know, we'd go to flea markets every weekend. It was crazy. You know, I'd, every day you'd look for records. You know what I mean? It was funny because when I saw the name of your show, what difference does it make? I remember when I was at Jam uh, out in Texas buying the first couple Smith singles on uh, rough trade to sell, you know, and uh, I would always be listening to new stuff in my record room. And my wife who generally didn't really pay that much attention. I put the Smiths on and she comes running into the room and goes, what is that? <laughs> and, and to this day, whenever we want to say what difference does it make, we just look at each other and go, Ba-da-da-da-da, because it's the, <laughs> the hook for the song. Uh, it was always one of our favorites, that and This Charming Man. <laughs> yeah, I love that band. Yeah, and it came out in 84. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I, we, I got to see them actually live in, in New York when they did their like one and only show in New York. We got to see them. They were incredible. Unbelievable band. Yeah. Brag opened. Uh, yeah. Oh, th- where? Where was it? It was at the Beacon Theater. Oh, mm-hmm. well, my favorite. Yeah. I used to love it was going. great. Yeah, I love going great to shows show. there. Oh, my God. Ah, well, very good. So, and again, this, this radio station, you, it was free form. Like you've, you've kind of, well, yeah, it was totally free form. Yeah. I mean, we, uh, played not, but, but it had a, we had a plan of what we wanted to do, you know, which was, uh, and my, my plan has never really deviated. It's always been a risk reward. So what you want to do is give them something they know and prop or probably know and love and follow it with something that makes musical sense and that they don't know so that they could go, well, gee, what was that song you played after blah, blah, blah? Or who was that artist that played after, you know, the Beatles or whatever it was to show that really there's only in my mind, there's only ever been two kinds of music, stuff you like and stuff you don't. And that doesn't mean it's good or bad. It just means you like it or you don't like it. And I have always bristled at the over genreization of music. It's just, it's all music. It's all good. <laughs> just what you like or what you don't like. It's personal. We've had many a discussion about that. How, how sometimes, you know, especially when you were younger, your taste might get mocked. Like it's such a personal thing, music, what you end up liking and don't. So that's yeah, and I, very I mean, true. And just because you or I like it doesn't necessarily make it good. So, you know, so <laughs> exactly. what? So, but yes, yeah, so, like a lot of different kind of stuff. But yeah, and, and you took that philosophy to the loft. Uh, I think oh, that yeah, and also yeah. to Coyote Radio in New Mexico oh. and anywhere that I ever, you know, anywhere that I ever played or programmed. So you've been around. You've not. I, yeah, I think yeah, of you, old man, dude. <laughs> I think of you as just the East Coast, but you've been the you've been, oh, been Southwest. Over, yeah. yeah, you've been yeah. up and down and all around. This <laughs> you bet. <laughs> it was funny. I have a twenty-six-year-old daughter. And we kid around. She was made in New Jersey, <laughs> born in Santa Fe, grew up in Massachusetts and Maryland, and now we're back in New Jersey. Yeah. We've talked about how difficult it is to introduce our kids to music, how 
How about you? What uh, oh, did no, she just? No, no, not difficult at all. She's always been crazy for it. Yeah. Well, I mean, no, not to music, not to music, but to specific. Yeah. You know, we want them to like you know the things we like. We want to, to we want them to experience it the same way we did. But you can't necessarily. It has to. You have to incept it. You can't. You can't say here. Listen to this. This is you know. I love this. So you must love this too. No, I, I've never really had that philosophy. I let her, she right away, I, I mean, a true story. When we were in Santa Fe and she was an infant, I used to have a jukebox and she had a little colic, you know, kids get colicky. And if I got her in the middle of the night, I would, uh, you know, carry her downstairs and like kind of rest her in my arms on the top of the jukebox. And I used to play Watch the Sunrise by Big Star and she would go to sleep every oh. night. And uh, she always, like, when she was really, really small, she responded to, like, the Beatles. I, I would play her the the Hard Day's Night movie, and she'd be loving it. And, and, no, she's always been into all kinds of music. I mean, I even, yeah, she went through the period of the 18s back in the, uh, yeah. in the 90s. <laughs> But it was cool because then that opened me up to say, oh, well, here's ABBA and here's, and she, I know she's, she's way into music. Yeah. Oh, that's, yeah. that's great. That's, that's what you hope for. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So speaking of music and speaking of 1984, uh, we got to get right into it because uh, we're going to go, we're going to um, count, talk about 10 songs. I gave you a cheat sheet. You threw it away immediately. And <laughs> 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 so, um, so you're just you just free ball. Just, just go going you, off the top of my head. Yeah. All right. So oh, we, I can't wait. Yeah, this will be fun. <laughs> um, what we do usually is K Rock. They they have their Rock of the '80s now format, and they cut down their um, their top 106.7 songs to top 80 songs. So I ask Holly, we if work, we work off the 106.7 list, but then. Go ahead, Dave. Yeah, we talk about if this is still on the their updated list, say thinking like uh, in K-Rock's mind, this is music that's still relevant. So oh, so so we're going to ask you if you would play this on Mike's Basement, if this song <laughs> like you remember it enough and it's, uh, you know, it's fun enough to, to play uh, again on, on Mike's Basement okay. in, in the year 2021. Sure. All right. So we're going to start off with number 100. It's OMD's Tesla Girls. What are your first thoughts on that? Well, my first thoughts on it are that I remember when that was brand new and it definitely sounded um, different, but it was cool because it was danceable. And a lot of times back then, the only way we could survive when you're you're uh, working at a, a, a mom and pop radio station uh, was to also DJ in clubs. So that was a song that I would right. also DJ. I would also use in clubs uh to me i really don't think i would play tesla girls today on my current show but i would play 88 seconds over greensboro <laughs> which i think is the best song they ever did yeah. they were huge for us at htg around that time with tesla girls and what was the big song from pretty in pink if you oh. leave me or oh if you leave yeah if you leave yeah that was a that was a, a a smash single. And that one, I would think, I don't know that I would play it today. Um, but I certainly played it a lot back then. And we played Tesla girls quite a bit. This was, uh, the album junk culture and, uh, locomotion was also on that. Another big yeah. OMD hit. What got the kids on the dance floor? Everything we played on, on <laughs> HTG, everything from like, um, you know, B 52s, obviously, even though that was, late seventies, but everything from like the B 52s to, um, I, we used to throw in a lot of Tamla Motown stuff as well because oh, nice. it mixed really well. And, uh, to like the, the remixes of love removal machine by the cult and, and things like that. It, it all depended. That's fine. Like some of my personal favorites. <laughs> all right. So Mike would not play this. Holly does. Uh, is this on their updated list? Um, I am going to say, no, I don't think, I, I don't think uh, Tesla Girls is still on the list. Tesla Girls is still on their list. It's it's now yeah, number. I would I would I would bet it would be. Yeah, it's. Uh, yeah, I mean because you are, you're asking me would I play it on my show now? No, but if I was doing a uh, like if if I was 
putting together something where it was hits of that era in that genre, that would probably be on there. Yeah, for me. Okay. But don't get me wrong. I love the song. It's not. No, no, I'm not hit. saying love or, or you know, whether we like it or not is irrelevant, right, Holly? Yeah. But um, the what I'm saying is that, yeah, that would be a hit for, for them, definitely. Okay. I'm going to ask you as well now if if it's on the case, if you think. You ask Mike. Mike, Mike yeah, Mike. I'm, I'm 0 for 1. Mike's going to be 10 for 10, I'm guessing. Mike is our resident expert for right now. He knows. <laughs> um, You're in trouble. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, okay, so number 99, uh, this is the first of five songs on the chart from Billy Idol. It's called Blue Highway. Do you remember it? Barely. Yeah. <laughs> Barely. Five I mean, songs from Rebel Yell. Billy Idol was huge in L.A. Oh, enormous. Yeah, but enormous. what about on the East Coast? I don't. That might have been something different. Oh no, no, East Coast. He was definitely because he had the Long Island connection. Yeah, he's a New Yorker. He's he's from Long Island. Long Island. So, um, that, yeah, it? I mean, Generation X. We used to play the shit. Can I say shit? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, we're we're adults here. This Generation <laughs> X. And and he, all his all his stuff was in heavy duty rotation at HCG back then as well. But that, that song is not one. That was one of the ones I remember seeing on your list where I went, geez, I don't even think we ever played that. K rock just dug deep into, as I, as I mentioned, five songs, they, you can never play enough Billy Idol. It was yeah. 84 was just the year where he could do no wrong. Yep. And I think that was the year you saw him, Holly. I saw Billy Idol at the Palladium in Los Angeles in 1984. And the funny thing is, so Rebel Yell will be on, you know, one of my favorites of all time, the the album. But Blue Highway, I think I came to the song later. I, I think I, I decided how much I liked the song later, not in 84. Did you own that but, album? Rebel? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I just read his book within the last year. Uh, it was, wow. I mean, it's amazing he's alive. Yeah. So he he got in a car accident. He was, I want to say 1990. Yeah, 19, sorry, a motorcycle accident in 1990. Yeah. This song from 1984, to me, it sounded like, because I'm, you know, I don't always dig deep on the lyrics. Dave knows that. If it's got a good beat, you can dance to it. I'm, you know, that's, that's more my thing. But this song is actually about drugs, but it sounds like it could have been an accident, but it was written six years before he got into this motorcycle accident. Are you a lyric guy? I mean, I, you know, when you do, I, I'm sure you did themes to your, like on the loft. I think there were always oh, some yeah. themes. Do you dig into the lyrics first or what, or is it always the, no, not first. Yeah. Uh, it really all depends if it's a mellow tune and uh, then yeah, the lyrics would, would mean more to me, but generally I respond to the feel of uh Man, I'm going to sound like such such an old hippie, but uh, <laughs> I, I usually respond to the vibe of the of the song, you know, or the hook or mm. whatever. And then a lot of times I'll go back and say, "Wow, that's what that's about," or you know what I mean? I didn't pick that up on first ten listens. Yeah. Okay. I, it makes me feel better to to hear somebody else like that. It's just there's something that strikes you about music first, you know, when you hear it, that isn't necessarily the lyrics. Yeah, I mean, but if it was like, uh, let, let's say, a Leonard Cohen song, you know, there's a crack in everything. That's how the light gets in. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, that immediately you're going to, well, I pick up on, but generally it's just the music that will yeah. make me respond. Can, I, I read something while I was doing my research into Billy Idol, who I've loved since Generation X, but did you know where, and, and I don't know if this is true, but I read it, where he got the name Idol. Mm, was that in the book? <laughs> I don't think he covered that in the book. Well, I, 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 not, I can't quote my source right now, although it could be song facts. <laughs> the name Idol is based on a report card he received that said, William is an Idol student. <laughs> oh. but he changed it he he decided on an alternate spelling so it wouldn't conflict with eric idol yeah like oh. anybody would yeah okay get the, yeah we always get the, billy, billy, billy. yeah we get those guys confused um is blue highway on the updated list you can ask mike <laughs> i'm asking both of you i would say no holly I want to say yes, because I love the song, but since there are probably five more or four more songs or at least three more songs, maybe not. This song is still on the list. <gasps> Holy, shit. Holy shit. I know. Indeed. Number 69, of course, for Billy Idol. Oh, appropriate. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Good for Billy. 
having a great time with Mike Marone. We're going to take a break. We will be right back. Hey, Pantheon listeners, Christian Swain here. You caught me just finishing up some editing on Getting Real with John and Beth. I want to share my first experience with Factor Meals for you. I think you'll find this interesting because I bet the same thing happens to you. I had just received my first shipment from Factor Meals the other day, and I was excited to try one of the prepared restaurant-quality meals for myself. Anyway, I was working away and noticed it was very late, and it was my night to make dinner. I jumped up and headed to the kitchen, went to grab the ingredients for the dish I was going to make, and realized I was missing a prime ingredient. Well, I could make a run to the store, or I could make one of my new Factor meals. <laughs> Actually, the choice was easy. I grabbed a cavatappi, an Italian-style pork ragu with garlic broccoli, heated the oven per instructions, and minutes later was enjoying a very delicious, nutritious, and dietitian approved meal. It really was everything Factor Meals said it would be. No prep, no mess meals. Factor Meals are 100% ready to heat and eat. Take it from me and head to factormeals.com slash pantheon50 and use the code Pantheon50 to get 50% off. That's factormeals.com slash Pantheon50 and use the code Pantheon50 to get 50% off. Hey, Pantheon listeners, Christian Swain again with something every podcast listener and music junkie needs to hear. As I'm sure you can guess, I listen to a lot of podcasts. I also listen to a lot of music, so having high-quality headphones and earbuds are absolutely critical to my day. Oh, and I have numerous pairs. In fact, I have a junk drawer of used devices that have bitten the dust, so I've tried them all. Recently, I was sent a pair of earbuds by Raycon, and the first thing I noticed was the cost. Uh, Looks like their products are about half the price of other premium brands. Okay, that's cool. And the reviews seem pretty stellar. Okay, checks that box. So I got my Raycon Everyday Earbuds, a nice packaging to open, and what I immediately noticed were the pack of ear tips for sizing. Uh, I'll tell you, I have small ear canals. Uh, I know, a flaw. So to see choices for the best fit, uh, especially while exercising, uh, oh yeah. And yes, they were immediately comfortable. Sound quality was great too. Plus I have three EQ options that I love because I like more bass in my music and less in the podcasts. Eight hours of playtime for the battery is great as well. Surround sound, noise canceling, and awareness mode all included. I think I'm in business, and I just realized I've had them in all day. Like I said, super comfortable. Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. to the What Difference Does It Make podcast with our very special guest helping us count down some of the K-Rock songs from 1984, Mike Marone. Going to 98, Big Country, Where the Rose is Sown. Oh, I love that song. Do you? Oh, I love That band was so good. Yeah. One of the best drummers ever on the planet, the, the drummer in Big Country, Mark Brzezicki. And um, he is also the guy who played the drums on the Cult Love album. Uh, he's just an amazing drummer and a great band. I remember uh, I first got got into them because they came out of the band The Skids. Uh, I remember working for the Yankee Dollar. That was pre Big Country, and and I just that first album is a classic. I still think it's a classic. Oh, the They're, Crossing is amazing. In fact, I just played on. Uh, Either the last show I put up or the one before that, I just played Chance by them. I just love that that first album. Yeah, I had no idea how many they how many albums they put out, but eight albums between eighty three and ninety nine. But Dave, this is from Steel Town. Yeah, yeah, this is the second album. Um, yeah, but um, which it it didn't hit me as much as as the Crossing. It was kind of for me. No, it was like yeah. a sophomore slump. And, and I yeah, unfortunately, none of their other records really hit me like that first yeah. album. And uh, 
And of course, you know, we all know what happened to uh, Stuart Adamson. Unfortunately, yeah. drank himself to death, and that, that was just a, a shame. I, I thought I thought Big Country was going to be like U two type uh, level <laughs> when that first album came out. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So anyway, it's um, is this song "Where the Roses Sown" by Big Country on the list? No, Holly. No. Yeah, that's correct. It is no longer it's a song forgotten in time. However, Mike, would you play it on the basement? Yeah, I probably would. All right. I probably would. I look forward to hearing that. <laughs> Moving on to 97, UB40, If It Happens Again. Oh. <laughs> now, what is yes, that? it's still on the list. And, um, and yeah, it should be. It's just a great single. <laughs> I mean, if you look up the picture of a single, it, it could be that. I, it's just the per- it's hook. It's, it's short. Boom. Great stuff. Love UB40. Holly, what do you think of it? I I love the song. I, I I forgot how much I loved it until I listened to it again while we were doing this. I, I agree. It's a it's it's, it's a perfect song. <laughs> so we we never really talked about lyrics, but this is a song that's kind of pertinent today. Um, this was uh, written when uh, <laughs> Margaret Thatcher. Uh, she won the uh, the Conservative Party uh, in uh, she won the eighty three election, and um, they were not too happy about it. And they they contains the line: "If it happens again, I'm leaving. I'll pack my things and go. I won't say I told you so." You know. And how many people here have said that? I wonder. Yeah, it's kind of yeah, kind of ties into uh, what's going on now. Um, I don't know that anything ties into what's going well, on now, Dave. Well, yeah, okay, you're right. <laughs> crazy time true. i don't even know yet could we even come up with an appropriate song for this oh i could and our, <laughs> yeah, uh, our, my, my my song for 2020 is dean and the weenies fuck you it's a uh, <laughs> have you ever that, heard that song is that is it from ween is it uh or is that uh <laughs> no 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 it predates ween <laughs> okay funnily enough this song is not on the updated list wow yeah i don't know why but uh you before that's it's a surprise it's kind of a I don't know. It, it's it's reggae light. It's kind of a it's commercial. I, I don't know. It it's you know while, while it is hooky. I don't know if uh, reggae fans must uh, would probably hate you before. Yeah, but reggae fans aren't aren't their target audience. Yeah, you know they're you know I would think that that would be one. Although who knows how it did out out west back then. You know you got to remember 1984. There was still quite a bit of uh, difference between say what K-Rock would play out in LA and what we would play at HTG or what LIR would play up in Long Island. So, you know, it might not have gotten that. Like, for example, Oingo Boingo out there. Mm-hmm. Huge. I mean, we played them a lot at HTG. Hi, this is Danny Elfman from Oingo Boingo, and you're having a dead man's party here on FM 106.3, your rock alternative. But uh, I don't think LIR played them as much. It, it would, there was still some localization yeah. um, then. Certainly not anymore, but back then there was. So were, you, who knows? were you paying attention to what was being played uh, around the country? Did it matter no. to you? I didn't care. <laughs> okay. Played it if you liked it. So that's great. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So now we, uh, we're going up to 96. This is Trans X. <laughs> and yeah. um, Living on Video. I know you didn't see the video, but the video is hilarious. It's so. Oh, I, I used to play the video in a, in a, uh, in a club. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> now that, um, so not my it, cup of tea, really, but I could see where where people would like it. But I personally was not a not a fan. These were uh, Canadians and uh, heavily influenced by Kraftwerk, <laughs> to say the least. Yeah, not not for me. What about you, Holly? Uh, you know, it's funny. I you know I like this kind of music. I like this you know synth stuff. Qualifying that again, I like synth music, but I don't like synthesizers and rock music. Just to be clear about that, again. What about um, keytars? Because there's keytars in the video. There. I read that this was actually a live performance from a TV show, a German TV show. This video was. Did you see that? Oh no, I didn't. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was funny. You know, I, it was entertaining to watch again. A slightly dated. But, uh, <laughs> um, for me, this is catch- even more catchy than um, I, I like it better than than the UB40. If it happens again, I think it's more catchy, even though it is derivative of Kraftwerk and just kind of of yeah. that era. I think the song is still holds up. And is this on the list? My guess would be no. All right. I think it's on the list. You think it's on the list? Yeah. It is on the list. And it 
makes a big jump. It's like higher up on the on the list. Oh, it's, wow. it's moved up to 47 when it was 96 and 84. And now it's they pushed it up to 47. Yeah. So it's the people love it in L.A. apparently. And actually, I read that they were named after a Kraftwerk song, Trans Europe Express. Yeah. So yes. they kept their influences. They weren't hiding it. Yeah, they were not the hiding Kraftwerk it at all. Kraftwerk were so far ahead of the curve that yeah. it's not even funny. <laughs> well, that's, that's true. Did you play Kraftwerk? Yeah. You did? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Played, you know, we played Kraftwerk. We played Eno. We mm-hmm. played Can. I mean, yeah. we were nuts. So, you know. <laughs> and... What were the ratings like? I mean, you know, were people listening well, or mean, was it you had your loyal following? <laughs> you're talking about a 3,000 watt radio station oh, okay. yeah. in New Jersey in the middle of the woods. Uh, we, <laughs> when we started it, I mean, you know, we did show up. I, what was the other? There used to be a, a company called Birch. It was the Birch ratings as well as mm. Arbitron. And we always would show up in the Birch ratings higher. But, you know, at the station, it, it wasn't. It got more and more popular when they finally started getting real equipment and, and we got an antenna boost and all that stuff. So, yeah, it was, you know, our ratings were, were fine for a local station, but yeah. it was, that wasn't the idea. Right. You know, at the time. So, but you had, yeah, you had your passionate fan base. You had, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Still do. It's really weird. Yeah. I mean, I I'm back in Jersey now, as I've said, and I still see an occasional, FM 106.3 bumper sticker. Oh, that's awesome. And, I mean, they the station sold in the 90s. So, um, you know, it's wild. Mm. It's not It's not really weird. I mean, when you think about our loyalties, like our loyalties to K-Rock, which I don't yeah. Yeah. usually listen to now, but you felt we felt passionate about it. And our passion about it continued, obviously, yeah, just, <laughs> since we're doing this. Just fond memories. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, I mean, we still talk about KMET, and it's been gone for a long, long time. Now we go to uh, number 95. Bananarama. This is the first of three songs on the list. This was also the year of Bananarama. This song is Robert De Niro's Waiting. <laughs> and? we play, I played it. Um, I would probably play it on a show now uh, using a clip of Robert De Niro <laughs> saying, fuck Trump, mixed in and out of it, um, just for funsies. But uh, they were cool. They were like, you know, the 80s girl group. What was there? Remember there was a rumor back then that Bananarama gave a whole bunch of musicians in the UK the clap. Um, <laughs> but I'm not sure that that's actually true. But I remember reading that. Before social media. It's yeah. amazing how things got around, like stories yeah, like that. And would it still be on the list? I, You know, I'm not doing too good on what would be on the list. I would say probably not. But since I say no, it might be yes. Who knows? So I'm going to say yes. I love this. This is my favorite Bananarama song. And I can tell you that in the 80s, I wanted to be them. But it's funny because this this video is, did you watch the video? Oh, yeah. It's yeah. just a goofy video. Yeah. But I was reading about it and I, I remember it. It's actually, it's supposed to be dark, you know, a dark, a dark video, but I didn't interpret it like that then. No, that wasn't a, yeah, it wasn't a dark video, but you know, like I think, what was it there? There were some gangsters that were following them. And so they were, yeah, it, it was supposed to, I think dark and with paranoia and, in, and the, in the video, I think, well, I read a thing saying they, they, they wanted a Robert De Niro lookalike, but instead they got a John Travolta lookalike. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I also read, I don't know that this is true again, but that they uh, originally had called the song Al Pacino's is waiting, but they figured they realized that Robert De Niro sounded better within the context of the song. Yeah. Yeah. I can't say enough about this. And I, I think the song is on the list. Yeah. I don't know. There's something about their sound. Great singles. I mean, yeah. just, you know, back, I, it puts me back in that era right away. Yes. When you think of them, you know, he was really saying something and, and, uh, Robert De Niro's yes. waiting. Oh, with Robert De Niro's waiting there. What was it? It's just about watching movies and favorite movies that, let me ask you, Mike Marone, what is, what were your favorite movies in the eighties? What do you, do you have a favorite? Caddyshack. Uh, <laughs> it's a good go-to. Yes. Yeah. Caddyshack, where the Buffalo roam. Oh, wow. Which was, that's like one of my favorite movies ever. Bill Murray just had Hunter S. Thompson down. So two, um, what, what other Bill Murray movies did you love? You got two? Oh, all the stripes. Ghostbusters. Uh, yeah. You might. Meatballs. <laughs> I mean, come on. Meatballs was funny. Meatballs um, is still, yes. I agree. 
back then, yeah, definitely, um, definitely wear the Buffalo room and Caddyshack without question. <laughs> nice choices. Dave, you didn't tell us if this song is still on the list. Yeah, is it on the list? Oh, it, oh, I'm sorry. Bananarama is uh, still on the list. Number 70. Oh, good for you, Holly. Hey. Hey. <laughs> Crazy. Feeling would, fulfilled today. Would you play Bananarama on Mike's basement? Not particularly yeah. this song. Yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, I probably would. Not a lot, but I don't play anything a lot. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what is the idea behind Mike's basement? What are, what are you looking for when you're putting the show together? I'm just having fun. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's there's no no nefarious plot. There's no uh, <laughs> no flow chart or any of that crap. It's um, what pops into my head. What it's sounds good. Yeah. yeah. And what is the URL? Where can we find one? Go to MikeMarone.com. All one word. M-I-K-E-M-A-R-R-O-N-E.com. And uh, you'll find it right there. Very good. We are at 94. This is by a New Zealand band called Dragon. And the song is called Rain. All right, yeah, Mike, we're one, testing you out here. No, no, I remember it. I remember the band, okay? I never played it, though, yeah. and never never liked it. But I absolutely remember the band, yes. They were a band, uh, they had some hits in the in the 70s in uh, in Australia and New Zealand area. Uh, okay, Holly, for Holly, I know Mike will know the answer to this. There is a member in the band Dragon, and his name is Paul Hewson. <laughs> Bono? Is he related to Bono? Okay, very good. Right. I was just testing. Wanted to make sure. No, it's not the same. <laughs> it, uh, it's not Bon Bon. No, no, it's not Bon. It's not Bon Bon. Always bon Bon. <laughs> sure, it's more adorable. <laughs> Tragically, uh, Paul Houston of the band Dragon passed away from a drug overdose in uh, in the eighties. Yeah, but this band Dragon is now in the uh, Australian Hall of Fame. People remember them. People love them, especially does, in Australia. Does K Rock love them? Are they on the list? I, I would guess no, but you know I've been wrong just about every time. <laughs> Holly, yeah, uh, I'm I'm thinking no. Yeah, they are they are no longer on this list. A band lost in time, so maybe uh, Mike, you can uh, revive them. <laughs> no, I don't think so. Okay, I didn't like him when it was new. So, you know. <laughs> and he has to be yeah, he has to be feeling it. So that's right. Yeah, I feel it. I'm not feeling the dragon love. All right, when I go to love. <laughs> all right, I, not not going to chase the dragon. Stuff. Don't chase the dragon, Mike, all right? Come on. No, I never did. Good. When I go for New Zealand stuff, it's usually something on Flying Nun. Oh, uh, yeah. You know, that, that label and the kind of twee indie sound. The, uh, the strum and thrum that we've talked about. Yeah, yeah, I love it. Uh, let's go to uh, 93, Howard Jones, new song. That was a huge record for us yeah. at HPG. And I mean, I, I don't know that I would play it now, but boy, he he put out some great stuff. Those those early singles are mm -hmm. so good. And it's funny because one Howard Jones thing, little tidbit I can give you from the HTG days. Early on in his career, I think he had a, uh, like three or four songs out. There was a German import with six Howard Jones songs, three on each side banded together called the 12-inch thing or whatever. That was our bathroom break thing when we do a, a three-play of Howard <laughs> Jones. And because you could put, the, you know, this is pre-computers or anything. Everything was vinyl. And um, you could put it on and it would just play all three songs songs mixed together so that howard jones got a lot of airplay on htg for bathroom breaks <laughs> new song was a great great single and i'll bet it's still on the list holly no question it's still on the list it is still on the list very good do you think this sounds a lot like salisbury hill no no okay is that a thing that was a thing there was a, a jock who refused to play it because it's it was too similar to salisbury hill I don't know. A little I bit. Hear that. Okay. Our two experts disagree that it does not sound at all like Salisbury Hill. So <laughs> move, move, move it along tonight. <laughs> Number 92. It's the Thompson Twins from the album Into the Gap, which was huge. This is the first of five Thompson Twins songs. Uh, you take me up. What do you think of it? I remember that. Yeah, it was a good single. Um, we definitely played it. Don't know that I'd play it anymore. They were unique and very 80s. I would I would bet that's probably still on the list out there in L.A. That would be my guess. Holly? I love this song. This is one of my favorite Thompson Twin songs. I love the sound of it. I like the, based on Black Spirituals, that's what I had read. It didn't do as well here as a lot of their other songs, but it still charted. It was on, well, it went to, well, it went to number two in the U.K., but 
only 44 here. I wanted to be on the list, but I know that they had, you know, other, other hits from Into the Gap. So I'm going to say no. Oh. Uh, I wanted to be. Well, good, because it is. It's still on number 79. Just made it. Yeah. I mean, the Thompson Twins were huge in 84. It's crazy. I mean, they were so huge that they played uh, the next year in 85. They played Live Aid. Do you know who jumped on stage with them to, to be a part of that moment? Hmm. A little known artist named Madonna jumped up on stage to be with. Them. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> they sang the Beatles oh. Revolution uh, on li- uh, during Live Aid. Oh my God! Yeah, I didn't remember that. Oh, it's on YouTube. The '80s, Holly. Yeah, we're on to our last song. Uh, this is number ninety-one from Berlin, and the song is called "Touch." Do yeah. you remember this? Yeah, I remember it. We played Berlin a lot. Would never play it again, <laughs> especially after Terry Nunn's appearance at uh, the uh, Mar-a-Lago Fiesta. Mm-hmm. They were good. I mean, you know. Sex Ama was just a massive club record, massive. But I really, I, I wouldn't play it again, though. No. <laughs> and do I think it's still on the list? Because it's L.A., I would say, yeah, because they were so L.A., but I have a feeling no. Okay. And Holly? I'm going to say no. Okay, so I can't remember because they had bigger hits than this, obviously, Sex and Metro and No More Words. But what yet yeah, much, I can't remember the years or if they were on the same. This those, was on Love Life. Those were er, yeah, those were earlier. No More Words was also on this album from 84, Love Life. I, I'm going to say no also. Yeah, this was not on the list. Also, No More Words is not on the list as well. So <laughs> Really? Yes. The Metro is? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 83, 82, I think it was on. Yeah. So this this will probably be the last we will hear of, of Berlin until 1986 when a little song called Take My Breath Away. Um, oh god (laughs) which i believe was the end of berlin because they they couldn't figure out what to do after that like that that was a song that killed the band i think even though it was well that's when you know also ssq which stacy q came out and took that spot you know because you had you had that slot in the playlist avails you know for the blonde singer electronic band you know what I mean? And, yeah. Uh, well, Stacy Q and SSQ, LA, the whole thing. So <laughs> I, I don't know why I said that. Uh, okay. I was going to say, do you, did you have any rules for, did you put any limits on yourself? Uh, for like, <laughs> like only one blonde, uh, yeah. one blonde sex or what, how, how did actually, <laughs> no, how did you, all, how ever. did you, compri- how did you comprise an hour of music? Usually I had different boxes of actual physical records in the studio and there were no rules. I mean, different years later, but we're talking about 1984. No, it was completely freewheeling. It was crazy. It was fun. (laughs) It was good radio. Yeah. You'll never hear it like that again, but it was, it was good, but no rules. None of that like nonsense that I would always reject. Like don't play two females back to back. That's (laughs) crazy. That's crazy. But it was a legitimate concern. Yeah. Those were the years to be in radio. Uh, next week, uh, we're going to have uh, Carmel Holt's going to be on the show. Who's got. Oh, tell her I said hello. Of, I love Carmel. Of course. She's got the Shiro's show. So she's, uh, you know, it's all female. So playing girl after girl after girl. Yeah. Oh, geez. Some <laughs> consultant just blew his brains out. <laughs> Unbelievable. No, it was, uh, there were, there were no, there wasn't a, a thing where you would consciously consciously say oh well we're playing too much synth pop we need a few more guitars Mm -hmm. but we just like kind of went by the seat of our pants and we had everybody that was there we were all like a family we hung out together everything and we were always out in the clubs and all of us pretty much worked in the clubs as well so we knew what was going on out on the street and we would bring that into the radio. And, you know, to me, that's that's the best kind because you're in the moment, you're interacting with people that are listening to you and uh, you're, you're reflecting what is going on in your local area. There's no place for that anymore. Yeah. There doesn't seem to be anyway. Yeah. Some people are trying. There, there's still oh, a few. I know. Yeah. I know. And, but, and the tools, look at, look at this. I mean, who yeah. would have thought back then that you guys are out on the other side of the country and we're talking together in real time. <laughs> I mean, come on. It's crazy stuff. Yeah. It's Beautiful. Great. It is great. 
speaking of which, Mike, you sound great. You really, it's, it's, you have, you haven't lost a step. You sound amazing. Thank you so much for coming out and, and doing this for us. And, you know, well, I had to, I had to come all the way down to my studio. Uh, yeah, I know. And- Thank you for walking <laughs> down to the basement. Taking care of do validate parking, right? (laughs) Yes, we (laughs) We, We got you covered. We we do. Okay, cool. All right, well, take care of your dogs, okay? And uh, Uh, I already have. And yourself. And your yes. Doing um, the best I can. You're you're doing great. I'm I'm so happy to hear your voice. You sound wonderful, and um, thank you for giving so much insight into uh, into these songs and making uh, this show so uh, so much better. God, I feel like <laughs> I, I, I was I, Holly. You win though, because I think you were right more often than I was when it came oh. to being on the list. So. <laughs> Well, you know, congrats. I'll take that, but I don't really think so. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> All right, guys. It was fun. Yeah. I'd, I'd love to do it again. All right. Thank you so we will, much, Mike. We'd love that. Yeah, we okay. really would. All right. Take care. Cheers. Take it easy. Yeah. Stay safe. Okay, Dave. Should we now? I, I wish we had Mike for this, but I know he had to be on his way. So I'm going to quiz you. Okay. We used to call it the 1980s quiz deck because it was an actual deck of cards, but we blew through those. So now we are going with the 80s music trivia quiz book. Yes, and I named. I have a book as well because I can't get your book. So in future episodes, I'm going to start asking you questions. Right now, you, you're just the the quiz master. So uh, so go ahead and, and quiz away, and uh, so, we'll see, we'll see how uh, how well I did last week. I did really well, and we'll see if I can continue the the streak. You were 10 for 10 last week. So this is why I'm giving you 10 questions. They're all multiple choice, but first we're going to see if you can answer the question without the multiple choice options because you are so knowledgeable. Yeah, all right. <laughs> you, you you have this. I mean, I wish you were asking me these songs because I would look, I mean, these questions because I would look good. <laughs> all right. Okay. Which of these songs by Wham was released first? A, I'm Your Man. B, Edge of Heaven. C, Wake Me Up Before You Go-Go. I think I'm your man. Uh, you're looking at me like that's wrong, but I'm going to stick with I'm your man. You were wrong. Okay. It's Wake Me Up Before You Go, though. See, I, for some reason, I think Wake Me Up was like one of their last songs, but apparently no. not. Yeah, apparently it was one of their first. I got, I, I got my wham upside down. <laughs> what is, what is wham upside down? Wham upside down looks the same, doesn't it? Wow. Yes. Actually, it would be pronounced the same. Well, good. Are you, you writing that out? Yeah. Just, yeah. I was just trying to, to me on paper. No, I'm not. Okay. You figured it out. <laughs> All right. Go ahead. What, from which U.S. city did the band DeBarge, 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 DeBarge originate? I'm going to say Detroit, but I'm not 100% sure. Well, you got that without the multiple choice. So Excellent. Very good. good on you. You're one for two. Okay. I know my DeBarge. Come on. L. <laughs> I know my L. Any others? You know James. <laughs> I, I'm I'm a, I'm an L guy. All about L. <laughs> All right. Who had a hit in 1986 with the song "You Keep Me Hanging On"? Vanilla Fudge. 1986. It's, oh, <laughs> Supremes. Uh, Phil hey. Collins. Phil Collins. Right? No. Wait. No. Uh, that's uh, left out coming. That's uh, <laughs> I'm thinking my head's all in the wrong space. Go ahead. Give me the but, uh the but, but but that's very good because that Phil Collins did um You Can't Hurry Love. Yes. So no, this is you keep me hanging on and I'm gonna give you the multiple choices and then you're gonna get it. Oh, okay. Laura Branigan, Banana Rama, or Kim Wilde. You know what? I'm not going to know this one. Is it a cover song? Yeah. Okay. I really have no clue, but I'm, you know, I'll say Bananarama, but just to guess something. But it's yes, probably- no, it is Kim Wilde, and it always amazes me when I know something that you don't, because mm-hmm. your your knowledge of music okay. runs. Apparently, I, yeah, my Kim Wilde ends at uh, Kids uh, in America. Which of these songs by Michael Jackson was released first? <laughs> Man in the Mirror, Beat It, or I Just Can't Stop Loving You? Okay, well, that would be Beat It because Thriller. Very good. Yeah. So you are two for four. Okay. Who had a hit in 1982 with the song, Do You Really Want to Hurt Me? Okay, that's Culture Club. You are three for five. All right. In which year did the group Duran Duran release the album Seven and the Ragged Tiger? Ooh, I think that was our year, 84. It could have come so, out in 85. Are the choices 84 or 85 or what are, what's on the list? Can I give you the choices? Yeah. 81, 83, 85. So 85. 83. 83. Ah, oh, all right. Which I probably would have guessed eighty five also. I'm getting my getting my years confused. So you were three for six. Okay. K 
Keep going. Who released Who released the song Something About You in 1985? Was that level 42? Very good. All right. Four for seven. Okay. In, in which year did Billy Joel release a song We Didn't Start the Fire? That was like late 80s, so it was probably 89. You got that without even the choices. All right. Excellent. Yeah, well, you know, we were in college then. I remember, I remember things from then. Yeah, wow. You, <laughs> you, have a, you have a very good memory. All right. Maybe you've done less drugs. Yeah. I did not <laughs> ride released, the I didn't ride the dragon, much like Mike Marone. Who released the single Purple Rain in 1984? Uh, That's a freebie for you. <laughs> yeah. All right. So there's Prince. So I, okay. I saved myself. I'm, I think I'm passing now, right? You are six for nine, right? Six or seven for six for nine. Okay. So for uh, a C. In, this is your last one. <laughs> to get a solid C, here we go. Who had success in 1986 with the song Venus? Oh, that's Bananarama. There you go. There so you, go. you are seven for ten. You All have right. a solid C. A solid because, C. Woohoo! I love you so much. I'm giving you a C plus. C plus. Thank yeah. you. So that ends our episode. That ends our episode. So those were songs numbers 100 to 91 from KROQ in Los Angeles in 1984. Got some nice insight into what life was like for Mike back in the day. Next time when we return with our countdown, we'll be with Carmel Holt from Shiro's Radio. This will be a lot of fun to talk with her and get her insights into different songs. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. The What Difference Does It Make podcast is a proud member of the Pantheon Network. So until next week, this is Dave. This is Holly. Check you later. Over and out. What would you do to achieve the American dream? The big house, the happy family, the money. 911, what's your emergency? Would you put in the hours? Would you take a big swing? What's the problem? What's the problem? Would you lie? Would you cheat? Would I shop? Would I shop? Would you kill? Yes. <laughs> My mom and dad. My mom and my dad. From Airship, the studio behind American Scandal, comes a new true crime history podcast. I'm Jeremy Schwartz, and I'll be taking you inside the minds of some of our most notorious felons and outlaws, exploring the dark side of the American dream. In my new show, American Criminal, you'll meet the picture-perfect brothers who killed their parents, the thief who stole babies, the crypto king who siphoned off billions and plenty more. From assassins and gangsters to killers and con artists, Whatever the case, whoever the criminal, you don't know the full story until now. Don't miss the debut season of American Criminal, The Menendez Brothers, beginning February 29th. Listen wherever you get your podcasts or to get early ad-free access to the entire season first, plus hundreds of other ad-free history podcast episodes, subscribe at IntoHistory.com.